Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good, that's what I expect on the uh, first Sunday after college football begins. Good morning. It was a late night, it was a late night. Welcome to our LaGrange campus. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. And those watching online, it's good to uh, not see you, but you know, you're there. So it's awesome. Well, hey, um, you know, first before I'll just address the uh, elephant in the room, um, I'm wearing the same clothes that I wore yesterday. Um, I wanted to just continue celebrating that Auburn beat the number six team in the country, War Eagle, and uh, I'm excited. So I did. I went home. I washed them, um, let them dry, and I do do my own laundry, by the way. Um, and I let them dry, and thankfully they were dry when I woke up this morning. So I do. Uh, I, I'm a, I was a fan, and I'm a fan of Auburn, and so yeah, I'll shut up now and won't mention it again because I know there's some Georgia fans in the room. You guys beat um, somebody. All right. You guys beat somebody. Alabama doesn't count because you rolled over somebody. So it's good. But hey, uh, welcome. You know, today uh, they said, Cameron, you get to speak whatever you want to speak on. <laughs> that is not what you tell me. Um, it, but, it, you know, as I, I started searching, kind of, kind of saying, God, what do you want me to speak on? He, he really led me. He said, hey, I want you to talk about communicating with me. I want you to talk about communicating with me. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a hard one for me. Because I haven't always been great at communicating with the Father. And he really, he said, no, I, I want you to teach him what you've, you are learning. And so that's what I'm going to do today. I have my prayer cards with me, and uh, I call them my prayer cards. I refuse to, um, well, yeah, I just, I call them my prayer cards. Uh, I started this a while ago when I was really questioning, God, are you there? Are you listening to what I am saying? That's what you want to say to him. Right? Not really. But I said, I said, hey, are you listening? I really needed to know. Are you listening? I needed to see some, some just some proof. And so what I did was someone said, hey, man, just start journaling. I was like, no, not going to do that. Um, I can do prayer cards. If you, you're, you know, some of you may have a diary. Females, that's diary. For men, it's called journaling. Or for me, it's called prayer cards. But these are my prayer cards. And, and, and I started to write out just things I was praying for and, and things I was asking God just to show me or, or to speak to me. And what's interesting is that on these prayer cards, here's what he's shown me. He has shown me his goodness. He has shown me his mercy. He has shown me that he is the God of yesterday and today because there are several uh, uh, prayers on these prayer cards that have been answered, Amen. And I'm able to look back and say, wow, God, you are good. You are good. But these prayer cards also help me keep track of what I'm talking to him about. Am I just talking to him about my wants or needs? Or am I asking him to show me some things that I need to see? Am I asking him to speak into my life? Am I listening to him? And it just kind of helps me keep track of how I'm communicating with the Father. What I'm saying to him. What I'm believing to be. And so it really has impacted my life greatly. And as I look and see the things I'm praying for, 
there's names on this prayer card who I've prayed for. Their life's been changed in some way. Their, their families restored. There are things that have happened in our church and in all sorts of things. One of the things that these, some of the things that these prayer cards have helped me realize is that God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. His ways are right and true. He's a good God. And he wants a relationship with me that's real and authentic. He wants a relationship with me that is real and authentic. And, and he wants one that, that's, gonna, that's just going to, where we just kind of, where I'm just there for, like, I'm just immersed, right? Like, he cares when I'm happy. He cares when I'm sad. He cares when I'm frustrated. He wants me to express those things to him. He wants me to respond. You see, God pours out his love. And all he asks for in return is for me to respond to him. To respond. That means communicate with him. That means learn about him. That means listen to him. He just wants me to respond. But unfortunately, there's a lot of us in the room today who we like to come to church We like to go to life groups or Bible studies. But we don't respond to him. We don't communicate with him. We communicate to everyone else. We go to everyone else with our problems or our needs. We go to everyone else and say, this is what's wrong. Hey, this is what's right. Or on social media, we express all of our thoughts and desires and pains. But we don't communicate with the Father. And then sometimes we'll do what I call holy gossip, right? Holy gossip will be in a, our life group and we'll say, oh, we need to pray for Miss Susie. Miss Susie, her children is struggling, right? They're struggling. Or we'll say, or, oh, man, there's, there's a guy. He, man, he's just, he just doesn't know what to do. And he is, he's just, man, he is, he's going down the wrong path. We need to pray for him. Gossip is gossip, no matter if you're talking about it in a life group or in a close circle or not or even in a prayer when you're around certain people. But 
that may be how we communicate. Or we'll go to him with our wants and our needs, but we don't want him to speak into our life. And if he does, it's like, oh, no, no, mm -mm. no, no, God, you answer the prayers. You answer, answer my ass. Don't worry about, I'll take care of everything else. You hear what I'm saying? See, that's not communicating with God. That's not responding to God. But we like to communicate with everyone else. And then often when we go to him, we often wonder why. Hey, are you there? Are you listening? But we haven't created the habit of actually spending time with him. We haven't created the habit of, of diving into his word and letting him and letting him talk to us. We haven't created the habit of talking to him correctly. We haven't created the habit of listening or, or even in our waiting. We, we haven't created the habit of praising him or, or, or even interceding for others. We, but we get upset if it takes too long for him to answer a prayer. That's not our relationship. I mean, think about it. Think about the best relationship you have. Hopefully you all have that in your mind right now. What took that relationship to being the best relationship you had? Communication. Responding to each other. Now think about this. What if the only time you communicated or responded to that best relationship was when you needed something or you wanted something? How would that relationship go? You know, think about the times when my wife and I are communicating. <laughs> Man, when I've communicated well, when I've listened to her, and when I've shared things and, and, and then waited on a response or been patient, it always goes well. But when I am like, just come in straight from the house and, or straight from work or playing golf, or, or, and I'm terrible at golf, but, and I'm, so I'm frustrated usually when I walk into the house, right? But if I come in and just say, Hey, did you make my appointment for this? I literally get the look of, really? That's what you're going to say to me today? Now she just says, no, did you call? It's awesome. But think about it. Think, Think about that relationship being like that. We're not good with relationships on earth like that. And why are some of us okay with the relationship with the Heavenly Father like that? Where we just communicate when we need something or when things go bad. Just just when we need something or things go bad. And then we get real frustrated if he doesn't come in like a knight in shining armor and fix everything. You see, to fully engage in the relationship with Jesus 
and with God. We must learn about him, which means read about him. We must talk to him. We must listen to him. When we're in our waiting, we can praise him. And then what's cool is as he's starting to speak into our lives, we'll start interceding for others. When the Holy Spirit starts, when, when, when you're that connected with the Father and the Holy Spirit starts kind of gently guiding you, hey, would you pray for this person right now? You start to intercede for them and then we can see miracles happen. You see, that's, that's the relationship that he desires with us. You might say, well, Cameron, I'm not a big learner. I, I don't like to read. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. When we read God's word, it engages the mind into the heart of God. When we dive into God's word, when we dive into this this incredible truth, it engages our mind into the heart of God. It, It pierces our heart. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You see, when we dive into God's word, it pierces even the hardest of hearts with truth and with love. How are you going to have a relationship with someone you know nothing about? You see, I think for far too long, a lot of us have depended on other people to grow us spiritually. A lot of us have, for students, you may have depended on mom and dad to grow you spiritually. For some husbands, you may have depended on your wife. Oh, that's for her to do. There might be some wives who say, oh no, prayer in the Bible is his thing. What? How are you going to learn about the God of the universe if you're not diving in and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Allowing God's word to pierce into your heart. To guide you. To lead you. His word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. You see, if we leave the word out, if we lead... If we leave this word out, if we say, no, nah, I'm going to let mom and dad take care of that. I'm going to let my wife, I'm going to let my husband, I'm going to let the pastor do that. Then guess what your prayer life becomes? All about you. All about your wants. All about your needs. It becomes all about you.
becomes mundane. And then you get upset when he doesn't answer. Because you haven't allowed him to speak to you. You haven't learned about him. You haven't learned his ways. You haven't learned his thoughts. You see, he even taught us how to pray in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, right? The Lord's Prayer. I mean, this model teaches us how to pray. It it teaches us how to adore him, how to confess, how to renew, how to ask, intercede, affirm, and give thanks. I mean, without his word, we don't even know how to pray. You see, his word teaches you how to love. His word teaches you how to be an employee, how to be an employer. His word teaches you how to be a spouse, a husband and a wife. His word teaches you how to be an excellent child. If if you're in the room today and you're having trouble with your parents, guess what? His word will teach you. Guess what, parents? If you're having trouble with your kids today, guess where you should go for advice instead of for anything else? Go here first. Allow his word to impact you. Allow his word to speak to you. Instead of asking everyone else to save your kid. God's word will guide you. I'll be honest. Kidney and I, one of the things that, I air my marriage out a lot, right? I'm like, goodness gracious. I'm thankful that I have a very loving wife who's just like, yeah, that's, that's us. And one of the things we learned very on in our marriage was not to move until God said to in his word. So what we do is we pray. We pray for a word from God. God, God speak to us. Speak to us. Align our hearts together. Align our hearts together. And then when we feel like he's spoken, we'll say, confirm it in your word. Confirm our decision. Confirm your decision in your word. And guess what happens? Without a shadow of a doubt, God will confirm every decision in his word. God told us to move to Georgia. God told us that my wife would would work with Chick-fil-A. And you're like, in his word? Yes, in his word. Guess what? He'll even talk to you about daily decisions, buying a car. He'll give you a piece about it. He'll confirm it in his word. Buying a house, he'll confirm it in his word. And you're like, Cameron, I don't know about that. Well, guess what? Spend time with him. Get to know him. And he'll confirm it in his word. Because when you spend time with him, guess what? It makes you, it softens you to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It softens you, it teaches you how to listen, teaches you how to discern, teaches you how to make wise decisions. In his word. Because the Holy Spirit illuminates his word in our mind and hearts and it influences every aspect of our life. It's the only way to grow. So God is good in his word. Dive into his word. Talk to him because he cares. Talk to him. 
Talk to him because he cares. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, seek, knock. Talk to him, go to him. He cares about you. He wants to hear from you. Jeremiah 29, 12 says, call unto me and I will listen. He's not gonna tell you that he's gonna listen if he's not. He wouldn't say it in his word. He wouldn't have put it in his word in Jeremiah. Hey, I'm not gonna gonna listen to them. No, he said, call to me and I will listen. That means he wants to hear from you. There's probably some of you in this room that say, oh, but God knows everything about me already. Yeah, but he wants you to know that he cares. He wants you to know that he's listening. He wants you to express things because guess what? When you start to express things to him and you start to talk to him, he starts showing you things. He starts, because it's interesting. You know, sometimes I, I think out loud, it gets me in trouble. It gets me in trouble. It gets me in a lot of trouble. I think out loud. But when I think out loud to Jesus, guess what? He doesn't judge me. He doesn't condemn me. He doesn't, he's just like, hey, you may want to adjust your thinking a little bit. Because when I verbalize it, the sounds that come out of my mouth sometimes, I'm like, oh, shouldn't have said that. I see what you're saying. Talk to him. Talk to him. He's real. He's real. You want to know he's real? Look at the rain. You want to know he's real? Look at the wind. You want to know he's real? Look at your child. God is real. Talk to him. I look crazy sometimes when I'm talking to Jesus. Sometimes I'm in my car. I've talked about that. Sometimes I, I literally had someone, I was standing in line at the airport the other day. I'm in line and, and I'm going through security and, and I, I just got a backpack on. And it's early in the morning and I'm walking and I'm, I'm just having a conversation with God and I accidentally speak out loud. I got one of these looks from the guy behind me. Like, you crazy. I just looked at him and said, I'm crazy, I'm sorry. (laughs) But talk to him. Tell him how you feel. I know some of you are probably saying, I know we need to talk to God. I grew up in church. I've heard of this a thousand times. That's awesome. But how many days do you get to the end of your day and realize you haven't said a word to him? It's one thing to know what to do. It's another thing to do it. It's another thing to do it. You see, I think sometimes we just think God's just this big, huge being, and he is, but he's just up in the sky, and he's just looking down saying, oh, you did that wrong, you did that wrong. No, he cares for you. He wants to talk to you. Start talking to him. Start talking to him. And when you talk, he listens. And because he listens, one of the best things for you to do is listen. Because he's a God who speaks. He's a God who speaks. 
because you need to listen for answers to our prayers and for everyday direction. You see, I don't want you to think that, oh, I can just pray to him and, and, and he's gonna, yes, he's gonna answer, okay? I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But he also wants to show you everyday direction. Well, I have, I have a friend of mine who literally will ask God, what do you want me to eat today? That's how in tune he is in that relationship. What do you want me to do today? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to speak to today? And God will start putting just people in in his mind to call and, and, and to encourage. And without a doubt, typically one of those people that he needs to call needed to hear a line of encouragement that day. So are you willing to sit and listen Are you willing to sit and listen? You know, one of the things that um, I did really recently is this. I, I, I got off all of social media. I'm not asking for a pat on the back. I got off all social media because um, there some, there's some things that Kendi and I needed to do. We need to finish our book and and, and so I was like, you know what? This social media thing is just a distraction anyways. And I, I, I'm like, so that was kind of the reason, right? I'm gonna get off social media and finish the book. But what's interesting is since I got off of social media, how much more clear I can hear the voice of God. How much more clear I can hear the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I took away everyone else's voice. And what I found is that I had been listening and being distracted by everyone else. I had become super envious of some people and of some friends. I'd even become angry at some of the things I was seeing. And so by turning that off, I'm just able to listen a little bit more. I'm not telling you to turn off social media unless God's telling you to. I'm just saying God used one reason to really get my attention in something else. Because I'm also in a season of waiting. And, and Kenny and I are in this, this kind of weird season of waiting. And, and what's interesting is, you know, <laughs> when you're in that season of waiting, it takes what? Patience. If you know me at all, you know I'm not patient. If you ever receive a call from me, guess what? If you don't pick up the phone, I'll probably call you three or four times. I'm not patient. I see some of you smirking and goes, yeah, he does do that. It's not because I'm crazy. It's I'm not patient. But typically in the waiting is where God will speak to you the clearest. It's where God will show you his ways. 
It's where God will challenge you. It's where, where God will show you his love and his compassion in the waiting. And guess what? Wait as long as you need to. Because Jeremiah 33.3 says, call to me and I will answer. Now you have to remember, God's timing is not our timing. Obviously, I have three kids and they're all separated by six years. Oh, I've had a preschooler for 18. It's crazy. So God's timing is not ours. He made the Israelites wait 40 years. And then guess what? It was 400 years where he didn't speak at all and then Jesus came. Are you willing to wait for an answer? Are you willing to wait for an answer? He's going to answer. His word says, I will answer. Call to me and I will answer. He's going to answer you. Are you willing to be patient? How long are you willing? How long are you willing? How long are you willing to be patient? And, and because he answers, we can give him praise in the waiting. We can give him praise in the waiting. And when we give God praise, it takes the focus off of you and I and places it on him. And guess what? When the focus is off of you and I, placed on him, we can do something that is absolutely incredible. We can intercede for others and that's our opportunity to play a part in the kingdom of God. Interceding means we step in for other people. The only way we know how to pray and talk to God. You know, I have a, I, 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 obviously I work with students. And uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing the growth that's happened in, since I got here seven years ago and our students spiritually. Um, what God's done is nothing beyond short of a miracle. And, and um, I had a student um, approach me uh, about a year ago, just about a friend of theirs. And they're very frustrated. They're very frustrated because um, they just felt like they were praying for this friend to come to Jesus. And this friend had just kind of hardened his heart and just didn't, just didn't want to deal with it. About a year goes by. And a couple of weeks ago, I get a text message. Cameron, you're never going to believe what happened. And I'm like, what? And he, <laughs> she goes, God answered prayer. And I said, of course he does. I'm sarcastic. And she's like, Cameron, I've been praying for my friend for a year. He just texted me that God changed his life and saved him. 
took her one year, but she was willing to intercede for one year. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you may be going through, but are you willing to intercede for others? Are you willing to pray for others' lives to be changed? Are you, are you willing to, to, as a church, are we willing, willing to really just, just dive in and, and, and stay in prayer? In Acts um, 12, verse 5, it's talking about, it's talking about Peter, and, and, and Peter had, had been arrested, okay? And, and it was Herod had arrested him, and Herod had, had gotten really frustrated with Peter because Peter was causing some, some obviously, whenever you preach God's word, you can cause some interesting um, Happenings and, and Peter was just preaching God's word and challenging people and it was causing a little bit of an uproar and Herod was like, absolutely not. He said, so I'm gonna throw Peter in prison. And he throws Peter in prison. But the church of God, the church of Acts decided, you know what? No, we're not gonna stand for this. The only thing we can do is fall on our face. And literally in the Greek text, it says that this church fell on their face and stayed there and interceded for Peter. Praying for Peter's release. And here's what happens. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on the very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off of his hands, and the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. You see, not even chains could hold Peter from what God wanted to do. Not even chains could keep God from hearing the prayer of the church. How awesome it would have been to be a part of that prayer that day, to see things happen, to see miracles happen. But guess what? When we intercede for other people, we still can see miracles happen we still see lives changed. We still see God move and we still see God work. So were you willing to allow the focus be taken off of you so that other lives can be changed? Because he's still listening and answering prayers today. Praying for other people is an honor and a privilege. Praying for other people provides hope and healing. Praying for other people provides miracles. Are you willing to do that today? You see, as a church, are you willing to step in 
learn about Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Allow your focus to be changed to him and intercede for others. That's what he's calling us to do. You see, if we will make our, 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 our spiritual life all about Jesus, then here's what will happen. We will love Jesus completely, ourselves correctly, and others compassionately. That's what he calls us to.